0: Well, we're in our last message in this series, Rediscover Church, and um, we finally come to the end, I think uh, maybe four or five messages in this series. And again, we kicked off um, with the thought that those maybe who have been unchurched, uh, maybe they have been churched before, they went to church before, used to go to church. And um, we want to uh, take a look at ourselves and make sure that we're doing what we need to do to keep it, make it and keep it relevant for the world. Amen. And so, um, we want to rediscover, we want them to rediscover church, but also for us. How many know that us, usens who attend church every week, we sometimes need to rediscover church? Yeah. Because what we attend, you know, our, our thought process or our, our thinking of what church is may not be necessarily what God is saying that church is. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, sometimes church can be like something that we do. We check off our list. It's something we do to make us feel righteous, you know, and uh, it's not what Jesus wants. It's as we're going to talk about here. And so we need to rediscover church ourselves. And so we're getting to this last uh, message called rediscovering the church that we need, rediscovering the church that we need. You know, a lot of people look at church. Those who are unchurched uh, look at church as this irrelevant um, relic that uh, has nothing to do with their lives today. You heard one woman on the video that we watched, she said, well, I just don't know that eating bugs and walking in the wilderness, you know, is relevant to me today, (laughs) you know, and that, but that's the way, that's the way if you're, you're not in church, that's the way, you know, uh, we're reviewed sometimes is, you know, we eat bugs and handle snakes and, you know, do all those kind of things. I heard someone else on that video also say that people that feel that the Bible is not relevant, don't read it. And I agree with that 100%. (laughs) I agree with it 100%. I think that if you're going to criticize something, you ought to at least know about it. You ought to try it. You ought to read it first instead of just taking someone else's word for it. You know, that's why David said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, take you taste and see. Don't just go off of someone else's word. And then if you don't want to be any part of it, then that, that's up to you. That's between you and God. But at least try it out. At least see it, all right, <laughs> for yourself. And so uh, we want our church to be relevant. And, um, you know, people think the church is dormant, unawakened, uninspired, and all of those kind of things. But I have to tell you that me personally, I'm a believer in church. I am a believer in church with all of our problems, with all of our shortcomings, uh, you know, with all of those things. I am an absolute believer in church. We are the ambassadors of Christ. This is the embassy. We are the body of Christ. The only way that salvation comes is through Jesus, but we are his body. We are his body. We are part of that salvation process if you are saved. And so the world's only hope is us. The world's only hope is Jesus through us, through his church. And so we have to be a believer in church. But you'd be surprised at the perspectives that people have on church. I came across some things, uh, some perspectives that, that, that people have. Uh, you know, children are always funny. Uh, there used to be a show, ch- kids say the darndest things, right? Because children sometimes are just so honest. They just say what's on their mind, you know? And... Um, there was a mother who was giving instructions to her three kids in church, uh, and, and she sent them down to Sunday school. But right before she sent them down, she said, why is it necessary? She's just kind of testing. why is it necessary for us to keep quiet in church? And her son quickly replied, because people are trying to sleep, right? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Another one I came across, um, I've actually lived this one as well. But uh, there's this preacher and his his five-year-old daughter, she noticed that her, her preacher father, okay... Um, he, he, every time he would get ready for his message, he'd get ready to, to speak. He'd bow his head and pray. Moment of silence. He'd pray for a moment uh, before he started his sermon. And one day she asked, well, you know, why do you bow your head uh, every time before you get ready for your sermon? And he said, well, honey. And he was very proud that she actually paid attention to what he was doing. And he said, you know, I always ask the Lord. I take a moment. And I ask the Lord to help me to preach a good sermon. And she replied, well, then why doesn't he do it? Oh. Lived it. <laughs> hey, kids are honest now. You saying, hey, listen, kids are honest. Kids are honest, all right? Just a couple more. One, a Sunday school teacher challenged her children to take some time on Sunday afternoon to write a letter to God. And they were going to bring the letter back next Sunday, okay? So one little boy wrote this Dear God, we had a good time at church today. Wish you could have been there. <laughs> These are the perspectives, folks. These are the perspectives. I mean, I know some of it uh, gives us a chuckle, but it's, these are the perspectives, uh, you know, that people who are unchurched have of church and those that go to church sometimes. If I were being real honest with you, and I, and I am, uh, I would tell you that over my life, and I've been in church a long time, like many of you have, I, you know, nothing special, all right, but I've been in church a long time, and there have absolutely been days where I said, listen, You know, I love the Lord, I would never turn my back on God, but I just... Uh, You know, church, I I don't know. It's it's not for me. It's kind of uninspiring. I mean, it's the same thing over and over. We do the same process and, you know, I've never changed and all of those things. I felt that way. I've been through it. I have lived that. Okay. So I I am not a person who um, cannot relate to someone who says those kind of things. All right. And if we were all honest, many of us could probably say those same things uh, as we go through our life and uh, we live and go to church, okay? But I, I, you know, lived a long time and come to the conclusion that I am persuaded that Jesus is still on the throne that God is Lord of the universe that there is nothing that can change my mind that uh, through faith we can overcome we are more than conquerors we have a head and not the tail I've come to that conclusion after going through so many going through mountains and valleys I have realized that if I keep my eyes on Jesus come on somebody we'll make it through we can persevere we can make it to the end if we would just continue to go forward. The only way that we fail is that we give up is that we sit down, is that we stop doing things that God told us to do. But as long as we keep going forward, as long as the scripture comes out of our mouth and we're not persuaded by other things of the world, as long as, listen, that we're, we're, not, we're not influenced by the culture but we're influencing culture, all right? We are overcomers. I, I am totally and 100% persuaded uh, that that is true, amen? Turn in your Bibles, if you will, over, I want you to turn to two passages Uh, Real quick, turn over to Romans chapter 12. In fact, turn over to Acts chapter 2 and then just put a little marker there. Uh, If you have your paper Bible, if you don't have your paper Bible and you're kind of looking at your, you know, phone or device, that's okay. You'll get there quick. You don't have to worry about anything. You'll get there. But if you have your paper Bible, turn over to Acts chapter 2 and then we'll be back there. Uh, uh, But then we're going to start, though, in Romans. Look over in Romans chapter 12. And I think these two short passages of Scripture really describe... um, what the church really should be you know the church that we need is what we're talking about today so we will get there in just a moment the church that we need that's what we're talking about today and so uh, when we talk about what church do we need we need a church uh that, you know that we saw it on the video it's not relevant now what do we need to do to be relevant well, it's not something that we need to do, we need to get from the world. That's the mistake we make sometimes. We say we gotta be relevant, so then we see what the world is doing. We look at how they do media and how, you know, how how they talk and how they communicate and, and we try to, to 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 change our ways to be like that. But you know, Jesus describes right in scripture what we need to do to be relevant. We don't need to change his word to be relevant. We just need to understand what he's saying to us to be relevant. We need to understand who we are and what we should be doing. You look at Romans uh, chapter 12, looking at verses 4 and 5, Paul told the Romans this. You know, he, he said very plainly, he said, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, it's you and I, being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That's key. Members of one another. See, we would agree that we're part of the body of Christ, that we're members of the body. Christ being the head, we're we're part of him. We have his DNA. But look at what Paul said. We are members of one another. You can't get away from it. We belong to each other. We belong together. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like. If you have confessed Jesus as Lord, then we belong. We are tied together. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change that. All right. Go over to Acts uh, chapter 2. Look at verses... 46 and 47, Acts chapter two, looking at uh, the last couple verses of this chapter. This is a great chapter, uh, you know, right after the church kind of started here in the New Testament, but in verse 46, it says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food, with gladness and simplicity of heart. That phrase there, simplicity of heart, I wonder what does that mean, simplicity of heart? It means they were happy to do it. They were happy to be together. They had joy in being together, not just from the food, but the fact that we're eating together brought them joy. Simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. These two passages to me, among other passages in scripture, really surmise what we need to think of as the church. Okay, everybody has their own opinions of what it should be and how we should do things and all of these things. But have we checked with Jesus (laughs) to see how he wants his church to go? I mean, after all, it's all about him. And not about us. It's all about him and not about us. And so we have, you know, I was thinking about church, you know, as we were gone last week and traveling, I was thinking about, uh, you know, what would happen if, uh, you know, church was just done totally different. If we just came in and, you know, it was, I, mean, I don't just mean we changed service around like we had, you know, offering at the end or, or, or worship at the end and prayer first or something like that. I mean, what if we just did it totally different? What if we did it on a different day? What if, uh, you know, we only sang songs and uh, you know, preached the word and the word was only five minutes. What if we came and we only preached and we just sang one song at the end? You know, what would people think? They would say, that, that's not church. You guys they're not doing church the way church is supposed to be done. And I would ask, who said that church is supposed to be done the way that we do it? right? And I'm not telling you that we're going to change church. Well, I mean, we might, whatever God says. That's not the point. The point is we must take our mind off of what we think things should be and start understanding that God, there is a way that seems right to man, but it leads where? To destruction. Come on. There's a way that seems right to man and his ways. You've heard this a thousand times. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But if we would understand how true that is to our heart, that his thoughts are so far above what we think. We would would say that, we would quote it, but I don't know that we would live it. That his thoughts are above our thoughts and his ways are above our ways. He has another way of doing things. And it's above the way that we know economy is done. It's above the way that we know things are done. Amen. And so the the, the church, the world needs us. And this is the church that we need. The church that has members that are members individually, but they're members of one another. They're members of one another not just of Jesus, but if you're a member of the body, if you're a member of Jesus, then we're members of one another. Listen, I used to, I got this revelation some years ago uh, when I went to Haiti, I won't go into the whole story, but I got this revelation that my, my brother or sister who is unsaved, who's not saved yet, if I had a brother or sister who wasn't saved yet, and I had a brother or sister here of, in Christ, uh who is saved do you know that i am more that person who is in christ is more my family than the person who is born of the same mother and that's hard you i, I know i know some people go uh, you're going too far that's that no that's not true We're, we have the same mother but i'm just telling you if you're part of jesus blood is thicker than water and jesus blood is thicker than human blood come on somebody I mean, if you really, I'm telling you, this is, you have to think his, what do you mean when you say his ways are above our ways and his thoughts? This is what I'm talking about. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. You're thinking, no, that's my, that's my brother. That's my brother. That's my sister because we're from the same human mother. But I'm telling you that someone who is saved and is a Republican and you're a Democrat or you're a Republican and they're a Democrat, whatever it may be. They're more your brother or sister. Than people who are not saved. That's a little bit radical, isn't it? But I'm telling you, that's the blood of Jesus. And we're tied together. And if we would get a revelation, church, if we would get a we wonder why we don't have any power. Why are there no signs and wonders? Why is there no power? Why does the world laugh at us? This is the reason why, because we don't have a true revelation that we're members of one another. We are members of one another. That doesn't mean we don't have issues and problems because we're still in this human body. And as long as we are here, we will be imperfect people. The church is a perfect church made up of imperfect people. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. So what is it about this church that we need? First of all, the church that we need has to be like its founder, okay? Our desire is to focus uh, more on Christ every day All right. And when people look at us, they see his love. They see his grace. They see his mercy, not mercy the way we want to give it. All right. Because I have a way that I want to give mercy. I have a way that I think people should be forgiven. I have a way. But Jesus, Peter asked him, how many times do I have to forgive this person? Come on. Jesus blew his mind with his answer, didn't he? Blew my mind. And so we have to be like our founder. Well, how is Jesus? I love Ephesians 5.1 out of the message version where it talks about how God's love is extravagant. And he, he only thinks about giving and never to take, to give you all of himself. And then Paul ends that first verse, read it in the message version sometimes. He ends that first verse by saying, love like that. You want to be like Jesus, all right? That's no easy task for your flesh, no easy task. We need a church that's like its founder. And then what else? We need a church where people find friendships, relationships, and genuine community. Genuine community. You see, community is made up of a people who are not perfect, and we don't pretend to be perfect, but we're committed to invest our time and our energy into each other, accepting one another, forgiving one another, developing one another, help raising each other's children, Helping out when, we're have, when we have problems in our marriages or when you have issues in school, you got to take a big test. Guess what? We're there with you, encouraging you. You can do that thing. What do you need to do? I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, you know, you need me to help you study. I don't know what all this stuff means, but I'll read some stuff to you and I'll tell you if it's right or not. Whatever you need me to do. Come on, we have to be there for each other. We're talking about community, community, even though we irritate each other. <laughs> You can't prevent me from loving you and I can't prevent you from loving me, even if we irritate each other. Come on. Come on now. We're members of one another. Community. Church is a community. It's not somewhere we just go on Sunday morning to check it off of list and say, hey, I went to church to make me feel righteous. I feel righteous this week because I actually got it. in, like getting a workout in. Come on. We need a few. So few of us need a few more of those. I know that. But, you know, it's not just like getting the workout in. Oh, I got my workout in. Now I feel a little bit better. I got my church on. So now I feel a little bit better. No, come on. This is a community. It's a family. So we started small groups and we're going to continue. Come on. It's going to work. God says it's going to work. We need a church where people find healing, both physically because the Bible says it. We're not going to give up on it. Listen, we, can, we, we cannot be a people that give up. We can't be a people that give up because things don't turn out the way we think they should. All right. Here's what here's where I and I'm not talking about you. So please, please, please don't be offended by this. Please don't be offended uh, because it's not my intent to offend you. I'm talking about myself. Anytime that something has not worked out the way that I thought it should work out when, when I'm dealing with God, I have had to look in the mirror and say, it's not God. I cannot blame God because the moment I blame God, the moment I realize, the moment I say, well, you know, God, you dropped the ball on this one, then that blows the whole thing. There's no sense in me even being, if God is not perfect, then what what am I here for? If God is not omniscient, omnipotent and altogether lovely and perfect, why am I here? God is perfect. And so as long as I believe that, then it's not God. There must be something else. There must be something else there. There's something else. All right. And so uh, so we can't give up. We cannot give up. We can't give up. We, we have to be a church where we find healing both for our body, our mind, and our emotions. God is able to do that for all three. He's able to restore us. Yeah. You know, my, 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 my daughter you know, who's now a social worker, a full-time social worker. And, uh, you know, she, she, she had to take classes on therapy and all of those kind of things. And I've listened to a lot of the things that she's talked about and I, you know, and I love it. I think counseling, obviously we have the greatest counselor to me, um, not just this side of the Mississippi, but the greatest counselor on this planet in this church. Amen. And so, um, and, but I heard some of the things that she said and, um, i just come to the conclusion that uh, we have many counselors who are wonderful and great. And at the end of the day, Jesus is the greatest one. Because you, you want to know what it is that makes Jody the greatest counselor? Is at the end of the day, she points you to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after, after she listens to everything you have to say, she gives you all the stuff that you need to hear. She gets you right, but she points you to Jesus. And so he's the greatest counselor. He's the greatest therapist that there ever was. And so he's able to not only heal our body, but he can heal our mind, our emotions. There is healing for your soul when you come to Jesus. We need to be a church where people are spiritually transformed. We all would know uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new another version of that says anyone united with jesus gets a fresh start created new the old life is gone old life is gone and a new life awakens in christ we are transformed we're changed we're changed it's almost as if god comes in and there's something dormant inside of you and he comes and says wake up wake up that thing is alive now a church is listen A church, I know I got to get through these few more points, but a church is a a living, breathing organism, man. I mean, the, the church is alive. This is not some dead club where we go to and, you know, we play bingo or whatever it is that people do, all right, at clubs or raise money for this or that. The church is alive. We are thriving no matter what you see. We are a thriving body in Christ. We are alive. Amen. The, the greatest adventure you'll ever have in your life is if you're part of the body of Christ. The greatest adventure. The church is not a place you come to be limited. That's just what we think. We just think that. But because you, it, it, we don't think that about the highway. Man, when I drive down the highway, I just feel so limited. I'm not going to drive down the highway. Why do they make it 70? I'm just so limited. I mean, I could drive 120 easy. I'm just they limit me. What is wrong with these people? No, it's for your own good so you won't kill yourself, nut. Right? And so that's what it is when when we go to church. the, 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 The restraints are there so that we don't kill ourselves. That's why they're there. It's not a place for you to be limited. This is a place of freedom. The chains are broken. These chains are broken. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom in God. Amen. This is a thriving, alive church. Come on, somebody. I wouldn't live any other way. A church is a place where people raise their families with an extended family. We're together. We can share our burdens with one another. Jesus said, Bring your burdens to me. My burdens are light, my yoke is easy. There must be a yoke, there must be a yoke, or we kill ourselves. There must be a yoke, but his yoke is easy. And listen, if you, if you yoke with Jesus, you're yoking with fellow believers. We can bring our problems to one another without being judged. I can't believe that you would do something like that. I can't believe that you fell into that. I can't believe you're supposed to be a Christian. Really? Yeah, you are too. Why don't you look in the mirror sometime? I like to open your closet and some skeletons fall out, just bones falling all out the closet. Come on, all of us have skeletons. But this is a place where we can come to and share those things and we can lift each other up and we can heal each other and we can repair each other, come on, so that we'll be whole and thriving. That's what the church is. That's what we need to be. Church is a place that inspires people to dream. It enables them to fulfill their dream. There's no greater dreamer than God himself who sits in the middle of nothing and thinks of the universe with galaxies and stars and all of this. I heard it said one time, because I, like Brother Forrest said he was talking to a scientist. I love science. When I was growing up in school, I really excelled in science, uh, just because I think, not because I was smart, I think I was just weird, and I liked science, and and so, um, you know, I, I, I thought I heard somebody say one time, you know, it, you look at space and there's, there's all these galaxies, they say, and billions of stars. And, uh, you know, it's just limitless. It seems like the universe. And if we're the only people in the universe on this little tiny planet on Earth, it seems like it'd be a big waste of space. I heard somebody say that one time. Listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I've never been to space. I've never been to another planet. I don't know if there's amoeba or green people or I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, all I know is Jesus died for me on the cross on Earth. And that's what I'm following. I, I'm going to follow that. So, I, you know, I don't I don't know about the rest of the stuff. All right, whatever. People can debate that, you know, but I but I can tell you this. It wouldn't be surprising to me if we're the only people in the whole universe, not at all. You want to know why? Because God is extravagant. God is over the top. God doesn't do anything small. If God's going to create a little earth like this, he's going to create everything else around it because that's how he does. Come on. God is great. God is is over the top. He's more than enough. He's abundant. He's, He's way too much. God is way too much. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, they call our galaxy the Milky Way. I don't know if they have a name for it, the universe. I call it too much a reveal. It's just too much. God is way too much. He's too much. That's the way God does things. He's a big God. That's the way he does things. That's the God that you serve. That's the God you serve. And so there's no greater dreamer than God. And he wants you to dream, you to dream to fulfill your purpose the church is where all races and all ages all people belong no matter what no matter who you are where you're from how old how young it doesn't matter you could have lived your whole life a horrible life but guess what if you're still here you still got a chance you still breathing i don't care what you've done you still have an opportunity just like the prodigal son all you have to do is come to yourself and god will welcome you we have to be a church like that people i know you amen in that but guess what? We have to be like that as well. If you turn, Come on. now listen, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to authorize your sin, but if you turn and say, I'm tired of being in this sin, guess what? I'm right here. I guess what? I can help you. I can help you. No condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who. In Christ Jesus, walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. No condemnation. No con, just come on. Just come on. That's all God is saying. Just come on. Just come on. That's the kind of church we need to be. Everybody is welcome. A church where people are passionate about God. That's the kind of church we need. Come on, people who understand and get a revelation of what God did when he sent his son and died on the cross for us. But not only the cross, what he did his whole life when he was on earth, how he gave up everything. He never got a chance to watch the game or go shopping, you know, once he started his ministry. I mean, it was all about the people. You know, they were, you know, at one time uh, people were all over him when the woman with the issue of blood touched his, uh, the hem of his garment. You know the story very well, but you know the disciples' reaction. Who touched me? What are you talking about, man? Look at the people banging up against you all over the place. This was his life as he, as he uh, fulfilled his ministry. He gave it up for you. There's no greater love than someone to give their life for a friend. And that's what Jesus did, not just on the cross. And when we appreciate that, when we understand that, we'll be so much more passionate for God. You see, the world, the unchurched people, when they see us with a passion, not not acting crazy, not out of the Bible, doing something different, but a passion, a genuine, authentic passion for God, it will draw them. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I will draw all men under me so we need to lift Jesus higher A church is where people can fully embrace the vision and the mission of the church. What are we trying to do? Where are we trying to go? Am I just coming here for what purpose? What are we doing? I mean, are we trying to help the community? Listen, we need to do a way better job. And that starts with me about being in the community and helping the community and being there for people. It's not like we don't do anything, but we we always can get better with doing that, okay? People need to know uh, what is the vision? What's the mission of this thing? We're just here for these four walls. To sing a few songs of this crazy bald head guy to yell a little bit and then we go home. Is that what we're doing? No, that's just one little part of it. It's, it's the whole thing the, mis- the mission and the vision. A church is where people are taught the Bible and doctrine. Come on, we're not, I'm not here to just be a great communicator, I like telling, I like to be funny, as you can see by the videos, and you know, some of the stories, I love to laugh, you know, and I believe uh, that that's okay in Jesus, I believe it's all right, that's me, but, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, Bible and doctrine, that's what we need, we need this word, it, we, this is a double-edged sword, there is, there's nothing else in the universe that can heal like this can there is no salvation all right by which men will be saved other than the name of jesus which is this word all right there's no other way the bible and true doctrine that comes from god that's the church you need to go to and we need a church where people love their city and they're vitally involved come on brother james we need a church where people love where they are you need to love where you are love where you are love where you are love Love your city all right. God has something else for you. He's going to move you along. That's all right. But wherever you are, love it and do the best you can. Listen, here's, here's one of the things I know, especially with Americans. It seems like it, uh, as, as Americans, we're always looking for the next thing. So we're always looking for Friday, so, I, you know, so the weekend will come. We're always looking for you know, Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas, and then we're looking forward to New Year's, and we're looking forward to our birthday, and then Easter's coming. And then we're always looking for the next thing. We're always trying to save for retirement. We're always trying to you know, figure out what comes next, and we're never enjoying the moment. i tell you what, I don't want to waste my life by trying to prolong it. Come on. Listen, not that I don't want to live. God promised. A, yeah, the, here's how you can pro- prolong your life. Follow the word of God. That's how you prolong it. Live in the moment and follow the word of God. That's, don't worry about it. God promised you years. Don't worry about it trying to prolong your life. Man, a church is where people experience love, acceptance, and grace. Grace, grace, amazing Grace. This is the church we need. We want to create a climate of acceptance and openness, be devoted to other people. When they fall, restore them with love and compassion. When they succeed, rejoice with them. The church is to be a place of radical and incomprehensible grace. That's what we are to be. God said, you know, David said, your mercies are new every morning and your mercy endures forever Have a question for you. Do you want to be like Jesus? Yes, I would say yes. Well, then, does your mercy endure? Is your mercy new, or are you remembering? I remember what you did, so I got a grudge against you, right? Or, or is your mercy new? Is your mercy? I'm talking about God's mercy. God's mercy comes with correction, so don't don't think that I'm I'm saying, listen, we just let everything go. But is your mercy new? Is your grace sufficient? is your i'm talking about your grace oh yeah god we know his grace is sufficient paul said it we believe it we sing about it we know his grace is sufficient you don't have to tell me that is your grace sufficient church this is the church that we need is your grace sufficient is your favor sufficient because we get favor from god by giving favor as well The favor that god we give because we are given to come on That's what we need. We need this grace. Grace is a gift from Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. And from the beginning, that word was grace. See, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And that grace has been around since the beginning, since the beginning. Grace is a surprise gift that comes when we're not seeking it. An unmerited and unlimited favor. We need to give it as well as receive it from God. No matter what we have done, no matter the depth of our transgression or darkness of our hearts, grace is something that overwhelms us. Grace is that unconditional love that God gives to us. If we say, church, that we want to be like Jesus, is it just a saying? Or is it just words that come out of our mouth? Or do we put any action behind those words? Do we do that? This is the church that the world needs. This is the church. We need to stop wondering why the, church, why the world laughs at us and why they you know, uh, you know, say some of the things that you saw in the video and they don't think that the church is relevant. You want to know why? Because the way we're doing it, it's not. The way we're not us here, but the way, the way we do church sometimes, it, it, it isn't relevant. We, we're, we're like over here in this bubble, in this box. But Jesus went to Matthew's house and he sat with sinners and he sat with tax collectors and he made the religious people wonder, why are you doing this? The religious people, come on. He made them wonder, why are you doing this? And he said, I come for the sick. Come on, you're already healthy. Don't talk to me. I don't need, I don't need to come for you. You're already healthy. But who are we here for? Who are we here for? You know, said, I, I laughed when the guy looked around and he, he looked at the people coming. In, he said, you just let anybody in here? Yeah, anybody who's seeking Jesus. And they may not even know that they're seeking Jesus. Yes, we allow them in here. This is the kind of church that we need to be. If we want people to rediscover church, we have to first rediscover church ourselves we have to rediscover church what is church we are the called out that is true we are separated we are a peculiar people but at the same time our job is to bring heaven to earth that's what we're to do we're to bring heaven right here don't wait till it's all over don't wait till Jesus comes back on a cloud and cracks the sky we are right here the kingdom of God is at hand that's what John said it is here now right here in the midst of COVID in the midst of whatever else is going on in the world, the kingdom of God, that doesn't determine the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. The mask mandate can't stop us, right, from bringing the kingdom of God here. We're, why are we letting that overwhelm us? We need to overwhelm it. Je- the name of Jesus is greater than COVID. I understand being safe and all that, but you need to start saying Jesus. We need to start saying Jesus. We want this thing to be gone. Start talking about Jesus, how great God is and how Jesus is lifted up and how he's a healer. And by his stripes, we were healed. First Peter 2, 24. Let's start saying it and believing it. We want some of this stuff to go away. We want racial reconciliation. Let's start lifting up God. We can march. We can do all those things. I saw people marching downtown in uh, in downtown Indy because of, you know, the vaccine. And I understand it. I get it. I, I We're listening. People march for all kinds of things but church we got to start lifting up jesus when jesus is lifted up i'll draw all men unto me if my people who are called by my name you're called by his name would humble yourself and pray and seek his face then then it's a promise it's a promise in Chronicles 7 then i will heal your land what does that mean heal your land means i'll get rid of COVID. Come on. I'll, I'll I'll bring racial reconciliation. Lord. I'll bring generational reconciliation. I'll bring Physical healing to your bodies and to your mind and to your emotion. I will heal your land if my people. Now, remember what I said earlier. And again, I said, don't be offended. This is just me. But if I see that the land is not healed and there's not racial reconciliation and there's COVID and uh, more strains are coming and it's running rampant and the economy's going crazy and gas prices are going up and all these things. Guess what? It's not God's fault. I can't look and say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. You mess it up. You let things go by the wayside. I got to look in the mirror. As the church, I have to look in the mirror. And and I've got to pray and say, Lord, where are we failing? It's not a condemnation. That's what you have to understand. It is not. Jesus is not condemning us for anything. He is encouraging us. He is saying, do you know who you are? Do you know how you are a world changer? how you can change the world. If you would seek my face and lift me up, speak my word in situations and stop speaking what you see and speaking circumstances, but begin to speak the word on healing, overcoming where your finances are concerned, where your marriage is concerned, where your kids are concerned, right? Where all these things are concerned, start speaking the word and believing it by faith. Because if you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, I don't believe it's in there for nothing. I don't think it's some kind of type and shadow of something that's great from Mars or something. I think Jesus is speaking to us. If you will speak to this mountain, if you will speak to this mountain of racial destruction, if you'll speak to this mountain of debt that our country is in, if you'll speak to this mountain, if you will speak to it with my word, it will move from here to there and it will be cast into the sea. I take Jesus at his word. We need to start speaking to it. Amen. Amen. So we need to be the church that the world needs to see. We need to rediscover church ourselves. Amen.